Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Monday's North Shore Drive looks at the new coaching hire and departures from the Steelers and what it says for Mike Tomlin's coaching staff moving forward. I'm Chris Carter, your host of the North Shore Drive podcast from Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We got our man Ray Fittipaldo. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you our Monday, Wednesday, and Friday show from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. As always, we cover everything Pittsburgh sports. And if you want to check out all of our content from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, subscribe to this YouTube channel where you're watching this right now. Like this video if you enjoy it. And you can also get all of our shows. We don't just do this show. We do Pit Mailbag. We do draft shows. We do Penguin shows, Pirate shows. All things Pittsburgh sports will be covered here on this Uh, on this channel but today we're talking specifically Steelers because we do have a new coaching hire Aaron Curry a defensive assistant unspecified defensive assistant from the Seattle Seahawks is now coming to coach at the Pittsburgh Steelers uh Aaron Curry a former fourth overall pick back in the uh the late 2000s in 2009 he was the fourth overall pick uh, for the Seattle Seahawks uh didn't last too long in the NFL played from 2019 to uh, 2009 to 2013 um coached at charlotte in college for a few years worked his way up to the seahawks as kind of just a a general assistant and has now been signed to the steelers as a 36 year old position coach for the outside linebackers reportedly uh ray you wrote about this for the pittsburgh post gazette and you know everyone's gonna i think everyone's kind of look around like okay that's that's different but i think that's what's really interesting about this is that the steelers in, in in your time covering them in my time watching them and covering them uh, they've been known to make older hires, more established guys, and go for guys that have a history in the league. Aaron Curry's the antithesis of that. Is this a sign to you that maybe things are going to be a little bit different here very soon for Mike Tomlin and how they do things here? Yeah, I mean, Chris, it's interesting when you look at it. Look at all the older coaches, coaches who have cycled out over the last couple of years. Uh, most recently, John Mitchell um, retired at the, at the excuse me end of last week. And uh, last year, longtime defensive coordinator Keith Butler um, stepped away from his duty. So, um, yeah, in some ways, the Steelers have always liked to have, um, you know, I hate to say older, but established um, assistant coaches on their coaching staff under Mike Tomlin. But if you also look at Aaron Curry, there's there's something that um, he actually fits the, the Mike Tomlin mold. He's a former player and he's a former NFL player. So if you look, um, you know, at his staff, Carl Dunbar, was a player. Uh, I think he was a late round yeah. pick of the Steelers. Terrell Austin, obviously, fabulous career at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, most uh, Jerry Olsaski, the inside linebackers coach, long tenured NFL career. So in, in that way, it's a typical Steelers hire. It's just that um, the, the only bit of the little bit unusual about this hire is 
his first position coaching job in the NFL as a 36 year old is with the Steelers. Um, you know, you mentioned his time with the Seahawks, kind of just a, a general defensive assistant didn't really have a position. If you go back to his days at Charlotte, yeah. he coached defensive line for a little bit. So obviously he was an edge rusher. You know, I, I think it's natural to think that he's going to work um, with the edge rushers with the Steelers, but uh, yeah, certainly noteworthy that the Steelers coaching staff is getting younger. Yeah, and I do think it's going to be interesting to see how that you know that that carries that carries along uh, for for his career. And I believe he would have been there. Um, he would have been at Charlotte the same years that Larry Ogunjobi and Alex Highsmith were. If I'm if I if I'm correct in looking at looking at my dates here, so I I don't think that that necessarily plays into you know a whole lot there. But I do think it's interesting that that, that they're bringing a guy like this in and. I do wonder, you know, a lot of talks always been made about Tomlin's coaching tree and how it doesn't exist. I think a big reason why it doesn't exist is because it's like Tomlin can't claim too many of the coaches that that, that have been under. Like, is Bruce Arians, a, 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 you, you can't call him a Tomlin guy. Todd Haley's not a Tomlin guy. He was a head coach before he got to the Steelers. And you look at a lot of those hires, they've kind of just been like Mike Munchak was a head coach before he was the Steelers offensive line coach. Right. A lot of the hires have been guys like that. And even Terrell Austin, he wasn't a head coach, but he was a defensive coordinator in other places before he came and, and did that there. I wonder if this is if, if if this is a changing of the guard that Omar Khan and, and the Roonies and are looking and Mike Tomlin are looking for to say, like, hey, you know what? Like, let's try to let's let's try to get new get newer faces in here, maybe more innovative the innovative guys that have come up in learning a lot of the new things that are coming that are that are being passed around in the talks of how football is being won and lost in today's game. Yeah, I mean, listen, Aaron Curry didn't have uh, a great NFL career, but right. um, he was a number four overall pick. I think he was on some of those Seahawks teams that were just starting to get good, right? Like the 09, 10, 11 Seahawks teams. I think they were just starting to maybe make the playoffs, and then you know they didn't break through until a couple years later. But um, he he knows what good defenses look like. Um, you know, if he was on the tail end of those Legion of or the early end of those Legion of Boom teams, he knows what that looks like. Um, obviously, a couple of down years for the Seahawks before this past season, but you know they rebounded under Pete Carroll. And I was looking at the stats. I want to say they had 41, 42 sacks this past season. Um, you know, so they got a couple of good edge rushers, um, and Wasu was one of them. Uh, you know, he was a guy who came out of USC. Uh, or no, excuse me. He, yeah, he came out of USC, I think, yeah. um, a couple of years ago. So I think he had nine and a half sacks last season. So um, I, I think it's always good, Chris, to get um, new faces in that have maybe a new way of looking at things or, um, you know, maybe just some new ideas. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is good. And, uh, you know, listen, they – they have two more openings. We don't know if they're going to fill them. Right. Um, you know, the, the John Mitchell, um, uh, his role was more of a front office role, so we'll see what happens there. Um, Blake Stewart was an assistant receivers coach, so right. they could add on the offensive side of the ball as well. But, yeah, with, with Aaron Curry coming in, uh, you know, a guy who's done it at the college and the NFL level and done it for a pretty good – uh, head coach and Pete Carroll, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the equation. Certainly. I want to talk to you, Ray, more about John Mitchell and the legacy that he left with the Steelers, because I think that it's a little, it it, it can go understated for what, what he did for a lot of 
great great Steelers teams of the past uh, that, that that have been able to win championships, and even the ones that didn't win championships, what he meant to a lot of people in the organization, uh, and how it kind of feeds into what we're talking about with you know older coaches that have had their ways of thinking that have kind of established things for the Steelers that have been pillars for the organization. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, but first, we'll talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Valley Pool and Spa. It's getting a little chillier out there again, so it's time to go to Valley Pool and Spa and get you a hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna that you can put right in your home, relax, feel rejuvenated, and get back into the into the world. Best things that, that, they, that I can suggest is one of their Finlayo saunas that's going to melt your stress away. You'll, when you come out of it, you'll feel refreshed like a new person ready to tackle your day. And the only place to get that in the Pittsburgh area is Valley Pool and Spa. You can go to their website, valleypoolspa.com, and you can find all the savings that you can get on hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas that get the, that get installed right in your home. Again, that's valleypoolspa.com, valleypoolspa.com for all your hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter here with Ray Fittipato, uh Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're talking all things Steelers today. We're talking coaching hires and also coaching departures. We talked about Aaron Curry in the first segment. Let's talk about John Mitchell. Now, anyone who's like been around the Steelers knows that John you know, had a big role in a lot of things. Lately, it was more like you said at the end of this last segment, more of a front office type of deal. He was he was sort of helping, you know, keep, you know, you know keep with the organization there. But Ray, can you enlighten for those who might not be familiar with who John Mitchell was for the Steelers, what he did for the organization for, what was it, 28 years? Yeah, 29 years, Chris. And uh, obviously until the past five years, he was their defensive line coach. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I had to go back and sort of refresh my memory when I wrote about that last week about um, how long of a career he did have. I mean, everyone, I, I guess I associated him more um, with Mike Tomlin, but if you go back to it, he was the defensive line coach back in Super Bowl 30 um, when they played the Cowboys. Wow. Um, he, he was coaching guys like Keevan Henry. <laughs> you That's know, and, thing. I mean, so yeah, I mean, so he, that was his first year or his second year, 1994. He was hired away from the Browns and he had been with the Steelers um, through all those great coward teams of the 90s and early 2000s. And then he was a holdover, of course, when, when Mike Tomlin was hired. Um, you know, just in my time covering the team, you know, I've been doing this more than a decade now. Um, Aaron Smith, Brett Kiesel, um, they just swear by this guy. And he was tough on them. Mm-hmm. And he was a stickler for details. You didn't play um, for the Steelers defensive line unless you did it his way. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, Cam Hayward, you know, was he a three-time first-team All-Pro? Yeah. It took Cam Hayward the better part of two years to, to break into the Steelers' starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had some good players in front of him, right? I mean, it was it's well-documented that Aaron Smith was at the end of his career. Kiesel was still playing. Um, they had Ziggy Hood. So there was kind of a logjam there. But if you look at how great of a Cam uh, – how great of a player Cam Hayward is now, I think you have to go back to those early days and – and, uh, you know, Mitch teaching him the way he wanted it to be done. So um, he coached a lot of great players. Um, you know, I think Aaron Smith was one of the more underrated 3-4 defensive ends of his era. He doesn't get the accolades because, you know, he wasn't a guy who got a lot of sacks. Uh, I go back to Super Bowl forty, uh, Brett Kiesel, and the plays that he made in that game. There, there was a play where 
Um, you know, Kiesel made a stop on um, who was the leading rusher for the Seahawks that year. Sean Alexander. Yeah, Sean Alexander. Uh, he comes down the line and makes a big stop in that football game when it was still when it was still a ball game. So, um, you know, you, you just think of all the great players that he coached and the fact that he did it for almost three decades That's ridiculous. Um, with one team. Um, you could argue two Hall of Fame coaches. I think we all agree that Mike Tomlin is going to get there one day as well. Bill Cowher, obviously, already there. So uh, just a great, great coach in Steelers history and a guy who was really, really tough on his players, but his players really respected him, uh, you know, for that for the way he went about coaching. That's one thing that I've always heard about John Mitchell. Like you said, like every defensive lineman from Casey Hamm all the way down to the current guys. It's just a, it's a ton of respect. It's a ton of uh, you know, appreciation. And I think it was it was one of the many pieces of the Steelers organization that when we talked about tradition and, you know, holding firm to values and philosophies and, you know, and for some people, you know, they, they'd flip that to being stuck in your ways. John Mitchell represented a lot of what the Steelers were being for, like you said, for almost for the better part of three decades, you know, they, you, you, like you said, those coward teams, you said like Brett Kiesel, when he did that in 2000 in the, in the in Super Bowl 40, he, that was baby Brett Kiesel. That was, that was yep. young seventh round pick, you know, still trying to make his way to, to, to get his, get a big yep. contract in the NFL, Brett Kiesel. That was a different time. But like you said, Aaron Smith was a bad man. You know, when I was growing up, I was always like, man, that's one of the most underrated dudes in the NFL. And the Steelers defensive line, you just you didn't run the ball on those guys. Like yeah. and they and they set it up so that you could get after the quarterback. And behind those, John Mitchell was behind all those crews. And years you know, whether you know, whichever crew he had, they he was finding ways to make him competitive. Um, and like you said, he took Cam Hayward time to break into the starting lineup. And then when Cam Hayward did, we all kind of saw, oh yeah, that's that's what they've been looking at. And I do think it's gonna be very interesting for the Steelers what you know, Carl Dunbar has been that guy for some time now. You know, like he's 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 been with the organization. He's not new, um, but at the same time, you know, I think which the 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 legacy that John Mitchell has left behind, I think it puts it's gonna it's it's gonna be you know asking people are gonna ask a lot of questions about how the Steelers handle you know coaching hires and, and things like that. You know, do they do they hire guys that stick around for you know not maybe not twenty nine years, but you know, for 10 years, for 15 years, that I think is going to be interesting to see under Mike Tomlin, um, you know, and how much longer Mike Tomlin's with the Steelers, not to say that he's going to be gone anytime soon, but, you know, I, it makes me wonder, you know, we've, in Pittsburgh, you've kind of been used to the same coaches in a lot of different positions for longer stretches of time, as for as long as Dick LeBeau was with the organization, and, you know, now Mike Tomlin, it's that steady pace, and I wonder, like, is John Mitchell kind of, you know, is his is his retiring? How many more of those guys are we going to see with this organization? Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that it's a different game now, and you know, it is. Uh, you know, Mitch hasn't been involved for five seasons. Um, you know, you talk about how no one ever ran on the Steelers. If you look at the way the Steelers have played defense the last couple of years, it's not that they don't. It's not that they devalue run defense now. It's just that the NFL is so much different. Yeah, it can't be the focal point of that three-four defense anymore. I mean, it's just that's not the way Mike Tomlin wants to coach anymore. And uh, you know, Keith Butler, you know, made a point of that late in his tenure. You know, he kind of came out and said, "Hey, you know, if it was up to me, would still be stopping the run." You know, but other people don't want to do it that way. So you kind of get a get a look into what it was like with Mitch and Butts for all those years, kind of the way that defense was built, and now what it's kind of morphed into. Right? I mean, now it's it's all about getting after the quarterback. 
Um, you know, you watch the Steelers play defense. Um, you know, the run defense was better this year, but they all they don't always um, they don't always have the the, the run fits like, like they used to. Um, you'll see some guys selling out for pass rush more than they used to. So um, the, the game is just different now. I guess, I guess that's the point I'm making. And John Mitchell was great in his role for for 30 years, but it's a new NFL now, and you have to kind of you know grow with the time. So I you know I, I think that's another great point. You know, you have younger people coming into the game, newer people from different franchises. Maybe there's a, a, a new twist on maybe the way the Seahawks can play defense. But, uh, boy, those those defensive lines under Mitchell in his prime, they were something to deal with, weren't they? They were certain. They were certainly. I mean, again, the presence that they had. They were. They were the, uh, one of the backbones of the two thousands teams that did that did so well. Um, you know, I, I felt that that was that was something like as a kid, like I was just like in awe of. You know, one of the many things that you know I think some people took for granted. You talked about all the playmakers, but the defensive line. They were they were a steady force. Uh, but your point about changing with the times, I do agree. The Steelers, coaching wise. There, there needs to be a discussion had about how they've treated, how they've handled co- coaching staffs. We'll talk about that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Don't go anywhere. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers in the Berg, of course, the number one place that you can go to for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. You may not be able to find coaching stuff there, but you'll definitely find every every your favorite player that's a pit, that's a Steeler, a Pirate, a Penguin, Pit player, whoever's Pittsburgh sports, they've got gear for them right there. And you can go to Yinzers in the Berg because they have two different stores in the Strip District that you can visit throughout the week. Go there, check out all their merchandise, or if you can't get to the Strip District or if you just prefer sitting at home and shopping, you can go to their website, yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com, and you'll see every week they got new merchandise coming in, everything you can get for yourself or for gifts for your friends that you know are the ultimate Pittsburgh sports fanatics. So get them the gear that, that, that you know will be awesome by going to Yinzers in the Berg, the number one place for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. And remember, check out their website, yinzerspgh.com. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter with Ray Fittipaldo. Ray, let's step back from specific names for a minute, and let's talk about the idea that the Steelers have with their coaching staff. I believe this is still the case, but the Steelers coaching staff has been, and I believe still is, the smallest coaching staff in the NFL. Now, some people will say that, oh, that's the Roonies being cheap. I, I don't think the Roonies are cheap. I think that they they, they want to be a win. But I think it's been more so of a philosophy that the Steelers have had where you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. And, you know, too many voices in the room can sometimes deaden out the, the important voices and the important message and, you know, get in the way of getting things done and putting together plans. But in today's NFL – 
a lot of a lot of coaching staffs include a lot of different player, a lot of different people and personnel who come in and their job is just to handle this type of analysis and handle this type of messaging and handle this type of thing over here. And the Steelers, they traditionally haven't been that. But, you know, you go around the league and you see multiple assistants for multiple position groups. You see more quality control coaches that are that are looking at things and just more guys that put their hands in the pile of what makes up a coaching staff. And it makes me wonder do the Steelers need to go more in that direction, right? And will they go more in that direction? Because it may be that's the future of the NFL. Well, I mean, based off this offseason, Chris, I don't know that they are. I mean, all these other NFL teams have their head coaching vacancies filled now. Those coaching yep. staffs are getting filled up. And, uh, you know, the Steelers have not been in any type of a hurry to, to make hires to, to their coaching staff. Um, you know, except for the one that Aaron Curry, um, you know, arrived on Monday. So, um, you know, it's interesting when, when you look around the NFL, um, the Steelers have Grady Brown as their secondaries coach. Mm-hmm. There are NFL teams that have cornerbacks coaches, right. safeties coaches, mm-hmm. slot corner coaches. There are teams that have outside receivers coaches, slot receivers coaches. Yep. So it's, I mean, it, it's crazy how other teams – um, are so specific in their roles. And listen, all these other teams, you know, I think the 49ers have one of the bigger staffs. I think the Rams for years have had bigger staffs. That's great. Those teams are very successful. But the Steelers, um, for a number of years, um, has they've also had success under Mike Tomlin with um, a minimalist um, approach to, to, to their coaching staffs too. So um, maybe it does put a lot on, on guys like Grady Brown. I'm sure that's true. Maybe it does put a lot on guys like Terrell Austin and Matt Canada, you know, to to maybe oversee those um, the, those uh, units, and, you know, without a lot of help. But that's the way the Steelers have done it for years. And, uh, you know, just based off this offseason, um, it doesn't seem like that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, it does make me wonder, you know, it, it, I agree. It, it doesn't look like it is. To your point. Here is the Rams staff under Sean McVay, just the offensive coaches. They have Mike LaFleur as their offensive coordinator. Zach Robinson as their quarterback coach slash pass game coordinator. They currently don't have a running backs coach, but that's I think they're, they're, they're trying to fill that right now. They have a wide receiver coach in Eric Yarber, a tight ends coach in Nick Cayley, an offensive line coach in Ryan Wendell. And then this is where it gets crazy. They have an assistant offensive line coach in Zach Cromer, a senior offensive assistant in Greg Olson an offensive assistant in Nick Jones, another offensive assistant in Jake Peets. Then they have an offensive consultant in Jay Gruden and then a coaching fellow in Kenneth Black. And that's just, again, on the offensive side of the ball. That's, right. I just named two offensive assistants under all the position coaches on top of a consultant and then a senior offensive assistant. And it just makes it makes me look at that and I think like, man, it doesn't make mean that that's, that's the right way to go but it's a different way to go. And it makes me wonder, is it wrong for the Steelers to not go in that direction? Because, you know, one thing that, you know, you and I talked about, especially when he departed, Brian Flores was an extra hand in the pile and he was a huge help to them. And a lot of players credit him for helping, especially with the run defense from them going to dead last last year to ninth, ninth in the NFL this year. Uh, is this a philosophical, philosophical, there we go, I almost butchered that word, philosophical, is this a philosophical mistake on the part of the Steelers in 2023 version of the NFL? 
Uh, yeah, listen, I mean, I'm not going to call it a mistake, but I, I do realize that the Steelers, um, I don't want to say they're alone, but there are more teams in the NFL who have um, large coaching staffs than teams that uh, have coaching staffs the size of the Steelers. So mm. they're kind of out there on their own island. Um, they're content with that. They don't feel any kind of pressure to change. Um so, I mean, that, that's, that's where they are. You know, if the Steelers continue to struggle, you know, if, if this um, streak without a playoff win continues on, then, I, you know, I think people will squawk about it a little bit more. I mean, if you listen to talk radio now in the city, um, people squawk about that. They're unhappy with the Steelers, um, you know, not only retaining Matt Canada, that's the main talking point now, but, yeah. you know, people are always talking about the size of the staff and, you know, whether it's good enough, whether it's big enough. So I think that's going to continue to be a talking point, but there's also that other side of the equation, right? I mean, the Steelers haven't had a losing season since 2000 and whatever. It's back to about 2003 Mm -hmm. uh, under Bill Cowher. You know, Mike Tomlin brought them back this year with that coaching staff. So um, you look at the Rams, the Rams win a Super Bowl, then they, what, five wins this year? I mean, you know, I, I don't want to break it down like it's, it's that simple that, you know, but um, I'm just here to tell you that the Steelers are not in any hurry to change, I don't think. And based off their long-term success under Mike Tomlin, I can't really get all that upset about it either. And I, I feel you. Like, I'm not so sure that that's the thing that makes the Steelers better. I think that Brian Flores is a heck of a coach, and they were able to add him, and it worked. But it doesn't mean that just doing that with anybody is going to produce results like that every year i brought i broached this conversation simply because i you know it's the offseason we're looking and we're looking for things to talk about but you know looking at this new coaching hire and john mitchell going out i'm like man like let's take a step back and look at how the steelers handle their coaching hires you've been around and you've been covering it for years and i'm sitting i'm sitting here wondering like man like this 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 way of thinking is this is this something that's ever going to change with the steelers not that it needs to but right. you know the Steelers at one point I remember and this this was me being a kid and just being enamored with you know following sports coverage. But at one point the Steelers were like the last team in the NFL to consistently run a three four defense. Everyone was using four three and and you know, four man fronts to get after the quarterback. And when the Steelers started succeeding with it, then the Ravens started to use it more. And then then it kind of flipped where more teams were using the 3-4. And, you know, I remember, you know, there was talk about Bill Cowher being stuck in his ways and not, cha- and not changing out of that for a time uh, and saying, no, this is going to work. And then it became, a, a you know, a, a you know, their, their staple that they still use in some of their defenses today. Granted, you know, 3-4s and 4-3s today aren't as big with the passing NFL that we know. But it makes me wonder if, their way of thinking the Steelers have kind of stood stood uh, been steadfast with their ways for years and still been successful it makes me think if they if they keep the, their coaching staff this way and then all of a sudden they break that playoff drought they become competitive maybe in the next four or five years they get a chance at a Super Bowl will that will, will that question go away and be like yeah that's not the that, that that's some people that's other people's answers, but that doesn't have to be the Pittsburgh Steelers' answers to adapting to today's NFL. Well, you could look at it with uh, you know there was this uh, movement, I think, well over a decade now with the analytics and how a lot of NFL teams embrace that. And you know the Steelers under Kevin Colbert, they they had an analytics department, but it was kind of small. You know it was 
you know, depending on the year, one, two, maybe three people. And that's another thing. We'll see if that changes with Omar Khan um, and, and Andy White and Sheldon White now in charge of the personnel. We'll see if they embrace that like uh, many other teams in the NFL do. Or we'll see if it's going to be status quo, um, you know, with the way they've been doing it for years. I will tell you this. Um, if Mike Tomlin is enamored of analytics, um, I don't see it. There was a time when they were really, really good on offense, Chris, you know, like the 14, 15 teams. Uh, you remember that year they went for two almost every – for touchdowns yeah. and people yeah. thought, okay, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's embracing analytics. And then when they kind of had a downturn in, in the talent, that kind of went away. So – you know, I think the analytics thing, I think it's kind of based off, you know, the personnel on your team, your strengths and your weaknesses too. And, um, you know, for that short amount of time, Mike really embraced it. But to be honest with you, ever since then, I really haven't seen um, the coaching staff as a whole or the Steelers as an organization really embrace that side of it. I think that's a very way – that's a good point to end it on because – We'll see how, how things move forward with the Steelers, but I'm sure that this this point will come up win or lose in the in the in future games for the Steelers. But we'll have a lot more draft talk, free agency talk. Those things are coming. The combine is coming on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ray Fittipato, Jerry Dulac, Brian, and Brian Batko will all be on it there. Uh, that you can find their coverage only at post gazette. .com. We have other things, Pittsburgh sports going on right now. Penguins, uh, Pitt, Pit, you know, they're, they're, everything's going on with them. You're going to see our Pitt mailbag show myself with Noah Hiles tomorrow. So stay tuned for all the content coming from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette right here on our YouTube channel or on our podcast platforms that you can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thank you to Ray for joining us. Thank you for, to our listeners and viewers for checking us out every day. We appreciate you. Check out our work at the, po at, at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette or at post-gazette.com. Com. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.